Was this was this Grant's? Did you leave your sword up here? There we go. Don't don't go on unarmed, my friend. You bet. It's good to be here this morning. Uh, <clears throat> we are starting a new sermon series, "The Sounds of the Season." I don't know about you guys, but I like Christmas time. I don't know. The music's good. I think we should sing it all year long. But we have. We have a personality in my house that says we cannot sing Christmas songs until the day after Christmas. Is that right, Remington? Oh, shoot, I didn't mean to say his name. The day after Thanksgiving, that's what it is. The day after Thanksgiving. He is correct. You can't sing Christmas songs until the day after Thanksgiving. How many, how many have that rule that you can't sing Christmas? So what is the day after Thanksgiving? Black Friday? I, when does that start? Because my argument with him on Thursday was, since we follow basically a Jewish faith, under Jewish law, I think the new day would start at sunset, which was at like 4.35 on Thursday. That's when we started playing the music. It drove him nuts. But I like the sounds that we hear this time of year, don't you? I mean, the, the Christmas carols and... And the, the glad tidings and everybody talking about joy and those kinds of things. I, I like the sounds of Christmas. They're much better than the sounds of Halloween. And let's face it, the sounds of Thanksgiving, that's just a lot of gastronomy, right? I mean, it's a lot of cooking, it's a lot of eating, maybe some other things. But I like the sounds of the season. And so uh, I think it's it's interesting that Jim skipped the ver- the verse of the song that we're actually going to talk about. That was poetic. I appreciate that. Sorry. So let's, uh, if you have your hymnals, you can feel free to open them. I'm going to have it on the words on the overhead. I promise not to sing. Uh, That's my commitment to you guys. Um, I just sing when the rest of your beautiful voices can drown me out. But I'm going to read the words of the the second stanza of this hymn. Christ by the highest heaven adored, Christ the everlasting Lord. Late in time, behold him come, offspring of the virgin's womb. Veiled in flesh, the Godhead see. Hail the incarnate deity. Pleased is man with man to dwell. Jesus, our Emmanuel. Hark, the herald angels sing. Glory to the newborn king. I really like these Christmas hymns, and I, I really like this one in particular. And I thought it was a good one to start this series off with. But when I read this part, something jumps out to me. Pleased is man with man to dwell. I don't know what that means. I had to look it up. Pleased is man with man to dwell. I mean, I got the idea of what they were trying to say, but that is in really old English style of writing. And it's an interesting phrase. It it means Jesus was happy to become human and dwell amongst humans. This is what song is is inferring happened. But how do we truly know that Jesus made this choice? Like like Jim said, the the one song before the throne of God is is them sitting out their plan of salvation. Mankind is what it's talking about. So how do we know this? Well, in, in Jesus' name, 
It's, it's in Jesus' name, is what I mean to say. In Matthew chapter 1, verses 22 through 23, it says, uh, the, the author of Matthew here connects back to Isaiah 7.14, okay, when he's talking about the birth of Jesus. And Matthew says, All this took place to fulfill what the Lord has spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. See, in Isaiah chapter 7 and 8, God planned the birth of Emmanuel. Right? He calls out this, this planning of this birth of this Emmanuel, this baby to be born in the usual way. It's a sign proving to King Azza that Judah would be protected from the threatening alliance of Aram and Israel. In Isaiah, Emmanuel's arrival was a sign of temporary salvation for Azza and for the people of Judah. Jesus' arrival was a sign of salvation for all people. Jesus became human to protect humanity from the eternal consequences of sin and death. To protect our souls from what our bodies were about to go through. So the question for us today, when we hear this, well, on this side of glory, what does that look like? On, on this side of the world where we live, where we're at today, here in Aurora, Colorado, in 2019, how do we live out the bodily salvation that Jesus brought? Honoring and caring for our bodies might be one way. I'll give you a list of a couple things here. First, honoring and caring for our bodies might be a good way to do that. Um, I know that that comes kind of like, is a bitter taste right after Thanksgiving, after we all just kind of binged and probably gained two, two waist sizes. But taking care of our bodies is a good thing. And I'm not talking just our physical health. I mean, that's one aspect of it. But it's our mental health. It's our spiritual stability, right? It's our spiritual health we need to take care of, our emotional health as well. Providing for those things can, can offer great insight and, and help us to live out who God is. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, starting in verse 19, it says, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. For you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. I don't think that means that we all have to go have stellar physiques. But if we take care of ourselves, we take care of the, the simple things. We bathe regularly, brush our teeth. We try to eat right. We try to be healthy. We exercise. Those are the physical things. But we take care of our mental health as well. Mental health is a big issue today, right? We have to take care of our mental health. We have to exercise that part of our body as well, our brains. We have to keep it attuned. We have to keep it balanced. We have to work on our emotional health as well. Believers are temples of the whole, for the Holy Spirit. Now, I know some of us struggle with that. I get that. Like I said, it's not all about the physical characteristics. It's about finding balance in life. It goes back to the sermon series that we gave the last couple of weeks about contentment. 
finding contentment in our lives, that we can find that balance. Now, the second thing you can put in your notes here that we could do is we could be advocates for the voiceless and for the vulnerable. We could be advocates for the unborn, for the victims of brutality. We could be voices for the trafficking victims, for populations deprived of clean water. James 1, 27 says, Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in creation and keep themselves unstained from the world. Salvation is holistic. His, God's disciples and, and Jesus, they follow this example of caring for other people and being holistic about it. They don't choose who they're going to care for. They care for everyone. In particular, they care for those who are marginalized or those who are looked down on. Jesus helped everybody. So we could live this out in our own lives by caring for other people, especially for those who are overlooked by society. Okay, now the third thing that you can put in your list the third way that we can live out Christ in our lives today is to be close to God and close to each other. So did you know that the World Health Organization conducted a study that concluded that for newborns, newborn babies, skin-to-skin contact with the mother is extremely important. It's, it's extremely important for the development of the child for better feeding, for more robust physical, uh, physiological development, it's better for the child all around to have skin-on-skin contact. Well, it shouldn't be odd to us as Christians because we're created in our Father's image and we're created to have connection. We are created for close connection. We were made by our Maker to have a relationship with Him and with others. John chapter 17, verse 22, describes this closeness. It says, The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one, even as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you loved me. God desires a closeness to his creation. He desires a closeness to each and every one of us. We show how God loves us on a daily basis when we live out our lives and we live close to God and close to those around us. These are just ideas that maybe you can use this season as we go about this season and everybody starts talking about Christmas and Christmas gifts and they drive this holiday further and further away from thinking about Christ. Some of the things that you can live out in your life to help them refocus These are just a few ideas. There are a lot of other things that we can do to live out Christ in our lives. How many of you have ever seen the TV show Undercover Boss? Anybody ever seen Undercover Boss? Sandra really liked Undercover Boss. I don't know if it's still on or not, but we haven't watched it in a long time. But an Undercover Boss, a CEO, would disguise themselves and they would work in different departments of their company. And they do this in order to evaluate the ethos and the process of their everyday employees. 
This is people that they most of the time wouldn't interact with. Many CEOs had routinely made policies without knowing the people who would be most affected by the policies that they had created. And sometimes they, they saw that their policies didn't really work or really hindered people from doing the best job that they could possibly do. They found out that they didn't know their people as well as they thought they did. See, it's not that way with God. It's not that way with Jesus. See, he came to earth so that we would know him. He came to earth so that we could live out Jesus in our lives. He came to earth and he became human so that he understood what we were going through. He lived life as a humble servant, not just as an example, but just so we could identify with him. Philippians 2, verse 6, tells us, Who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Pleased as man with man to dwell. That phrase right there. Christ could have come in so many forms. He could have come as a CEO. He could have just came down as a lightning bolt and just crushed everything that was wrong. God has the power and the authority to come and just smite all evil from the earth. Smite all evildoers from the earth, if that's what he wants. Pleased as man with man to dwell. Instead, the plan that God and Jesus cook up to save the world for Jesus to come as a baby and to live as a servant, to die as a king, and to be raised as a savior. He does this so that you and I can believe, so that you and I also can be saved. That's a story worth sharing. Will you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for Jesus, your son, for what he did for us on the cross, for the life that he lived as an example so that we can be closer to you, Lord. Sometimes in this crazy season of Christmas carols and music and gifts and everything that's going on, we forget what the real sound of the season is. The real sound of the season is people are becoming more in tune with who you are becoming more receptive to the story of your son. They're listening. Lord, put it on our hearts to share that message, that message of joy, that message of love, to be the servants that you ask us to be, to be the servants that your son showed us how to be. It is through him that we come to you in prayer. Amen.